Welcome to Get Behind Fanny, a podcast dedicated to the behind-the-scenes stories of the music, the members, and the musicians influenced by the rock group Fanny, the godmothers of women who rock. Who was that sexy voice? Anyway. (laughs) Hey, everybody. And welcome to another Get Behind Fanny podcast. I'm Byron Wilkins, Fanny fan and webmaster of the official Fanny website, FannyRocks.com. And joining me on these audio adventures are Fanny's drummer, Alistair Buer, and daughter of Fanny's manager, Roy Silver, and historian, Dr. Kristen Hiller Glasgow. Hello, ladies. Hey, Byron. Hey, Kristen. Hi, Alice. I'm really excited about this particular podcast. We're going to be focusing on Knock on My Door. And for one of our loyal podcast fans and major new Fanny fan, Mia, we're going to be talking about her favorite Fanny song, Shade Me. But before that, we had introduced a while back a birthday bakery corner for all of our friends and family to wish them Mm. a happy birthday during the month. And this happens to be October. So... Most importantly, shout out to Fanny's keyboardist, vocalist, all around rock star, Nikki. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, birthday, Nikki. Cool. And also, Jean's granddaughter, Fia, had her birthday. Cool. And one of our podcast and Fanny fans, Mark Collins. So, happy birthday, everyone. That's that's wonderful. (laughs) Happy birthday to all, indeed. And Mm -hmm. Kristen, we know that it's actually happy birthday month. To Kristen, to me, to me. (laughs) Kristen celebrates the whole damn month. You know, I do, I do, I do. Yeah, I'm at. Let's go, man. Oh yeah, you know, I graciously give up Halloween. So, but other than that, (laughs) well, I do. I'm not trick or treating at your house. (laughs) Well, I love I love celebrating the birthday month with Nikki. So I just think that's fabulous. That's really cool. (laughs) Well, why don't we start this podcast with "Knock on My Door"? Let's listen to a little bit. Beautiful tune. Yeah, nice. I love that. I love Nikki's piano. I love the mm. strings. Mm-hmm. I love the it, lyrics. It really is just a really, really pretty song. And the whole intro of her keyboard is uh, very Baroque sounding, very classical musical sounding. It's it really cool. is. It really yeah. is. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. Um, and I also noticed that in that first, and it's only from listening to it, I thought I would have played through the whole song. Well, June and I don't come in until halfway through the first verse. Mm. Um, you know, it's all piano, strings, and bass, vocals in mm-hmm. the first half of that verse. And then June and I come in. It's, it's, I like that. 
I love it. And Jean's vocals on this song are truly, truly oh, wow. wonderful. When I spoke to her this week for the interview, I love what she had to say on the song and the lyrics. At the time, I had recently gone through the scenario of being in love with a married man. So I it was so heartfelt, everything that Nikki wrote. It hurts me to pretend I don't know you, to pass you with a nod on the street. It hurts me, uh, wasting my time trying to find a safe place to meet. At the time, it really was so heartfelt what I was singing to. It made so much sense to me at the time. So that's what I meant by the genius, the complexity of the relationships and all that that she wrote about. It was so recent in my history. So I was able to totally relate to what the lyrics were about. And since we've been sharing secrets on this mm-hmm. podcast, mm-hmm. <laughs> I always thought Knock on My Door was written by Jeannie for my father. Wow, yeah. Gosh. She was with my dad when my parents split, and obviously there was crossover there. I mean, that's a whole other podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But for the context of this podcast, I I was really, really interested to learn that it was Nikki that wrote this, and clearly she was capturing what was happening between Gene and my dad. Yeah. So the other thing, though, for the sake of this podcast, which is we've been talking about listening to Fanny's songs through early 1970s ears, Versus 2020 years. Right. And I've been thinking that as much as I love Knock on My Door, I mean, it's just the musicality and the brilliance of it. I don't know if this song could be covered by a woman today. I think that there is so much female kind of sisterhood empowerment now that you wouldn't want to maybe do that to another female. I don't know. What do you think? I, I don't know. I think that there are plenty of women out there that if they set their eyes on a married man, they'd go for it. But I think if someone tried to cover this song, as we're talking about, you know, in context, context with the podcast, the lyrics would be problematic because mm-hmm. women are much more um, uplifting of each other, Absolutely. Uh, much more aware, much more conscious of other women's feelings. Um, at least most of the women I know are. But mm-hmm. Kristen, when you and I were talking about this, you... We were trying to think of, okay, what female vocalists could really cover this song? And I was like, it was Pink and Beyonce and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Kristen said, Annie Lennox. And yeah. she could. She oh, yeah. could. She, she brings the gravitas to the song. Mm-hmm. She would not make light of the situation or ignore the situation. Right. And I was saying to Alice that I also think she could do her wonderful backup vocals by uh-huh. incorporating a new lyric to say something to the effect of, I'm sorry, this is happening to all of us or something, mm. an yeah. acknowledgement. Okay. But yeah, I think Annie Lennox could nail this one. Yeah. And I think that's the only way that this song could really be covered if there was some kind of an acknowledgement that you knew that what you were doing was going to hurt um, not just one mm. pe- person, but maybe people, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, that's mm. definitely definitely a big part of it let's listen to a little bit more
comparing uh, the seventies to uh, and you know fifty years ago today, mm-hmm. um, this song to me, and this is only a, a fan opinion here. Um, I think this song was could have been a huge top forty hit. I mean, it has classic Richard Perry production. It's mm-hmm. got the strings in there. It's three minutes long. Uh, you know, <laughs> it, it's got the you know it, it it just has all the elements, and it also has the you know the 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 love story thing going on there. Yep. It fits in well. Uh, into the top 40, you know, AM, you know, in 72, you know, AM radio still rocked. And that's where you sold songs. And I would, you know, just yeah, another, I know really. it's another fantasy, missed, another missed opportunity, but this was a good song for, for AM. I completely agree with you, Byron. It's a fantastic song. I was surprised it didn't become a big hit. That two people play for love are like any other games in life. Someone loses, someone wins in every round. June's guitar work on this song. Yep. And it was so interesting when I spoke to her this week for the interview that sh- her assessment was that she didn't think she did that much on this song. Wrong. She, she, <laughs> she th- you know, she thinks her solo <laughs> guitar work on this was just kind of background. And I think her guitar work on this crystallizes the beauty of the song. Me too. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. absolutely. But let's hear what she had to say on it. I did not worry too much about what I was going to play because I wasn't playing that much, you know? So... I enjoyed uh, letting the session swirl around me. You know, if you notice, I really, the piano's doing, piano and strings and bass, and of course the drums are doing much, most of the work. I, I only did a couple of things, you know, the solo sounds so much like the, uh, the melody itself. You know, so it was a great chance for me to enjoy the recording session itself and the recording process and the kind of talent that was involved. I just, I mean, that is humble because her guitar on this song wails, it cries, it weeps. I mean, Mm, it makes, it really does undergird the entire song. And I I appreciate the simplicity of her playing and yet it's not simple at all. And she's playing the melody line, but it's Mm -hmm. just her playing is haunting and perfect. The way that I play guitar and the way I style it is really around feeling and tone, you know, so whatever I played, in this case, I, I was mimicking the melody, it was definitely going to cry. Yeah, and the other thing on this song is June has talked about, you know, Paul Buckmaster's genius mm-hmm. in the past, mm-hmm. and you really do hear it on this string arrangement. Um, his string, is it's, it's playing off the melody, and it's enhancing the bass, that dun-dun-dun-dun, you know? Mm-hmm. And it yep. really enhanced June's leads it well. It just is a really great view of, of Buckmaster's brilliance. It really mm-hmm. is. And here's what Gene and June had to say on Paul Buckmaster's work. Well, I forgot that it was Paul Buckmaster, so it was really a wonderful surprise to remember that it was Paul who had done the string parts there. It's so complex. They're so beautiful and perfect for the track. 
Well, of course, Paul was a jewel uh, in so many ways. He was such a great guy, and he was an amazing arranger. He was perfectly positioned to do the strings to knock on my door, which is, you know, knock on my door is kind of like a fine wine. at WLS coming out of this song already. <laughs> <laughs> I really agree with you, Byron. I, I really don't understand why this song didn't take off. Yeah. It is so classic Richard Perry in the best way. Yes. And the, with Paul Buckmaster, the two worked so well in bringing a mel- melody to the song, but also like an ethereal feeling and yeah. constant mm. tension to the song. It's yeah. just fantastic. Yeah, Mel- melodic and haunting indeed. Mm-hmm. But And you know... We've talked about this, or June and Jean have talked about it in in previous episodes. How they don't really listen to the lyrics; um, they didn't weren't paying that much attention to the lyrics. They would just, you know, dig into their parts and mm-hmm. figure out what they're going to play. But I have a different take on it as the drummer. Um, when I was making the figuring out what drum part I was going to play, I paid attention to the lyrics. I listened to the mm-hmm. lyrics. I listened to the melody. It gave me the idea of, you know, when I should be a little bit louder, a little bit more aggressive, or when I should be quieter and fall back a little bit, and knock on my door, that kind of soft rim shot, if you will, on the Mm -hmm. first verse that, you know, it's just like Mm -hmm. knocking on my door. So it's, yeah, (laughs) I I paid attention to those kinds of, to the lyrics as well as the melody. Yeah, Very clever. Yes, yeah, get you. <laughs> Look at me, right? Well, yeah, just not a rock drummer, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's your thinking rock drummer here. <laughs> yeah. It's number one. It's number one, really. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, Kristen, should we pivot? Pivot. Here we go. Pivot. <laughs> and we're going to now pivot to our next song, which was requested by our podcast friend Mia. She wants to hear Shade Me. And she said of this song, quote, from the intro, bass, and percussion, I just love it. The music, harmonies, lyrics, it is all just the perfect, liberating, celebrating, defiant love slash rock song. It shakes me to the core every time I hear it. There's nothing like a song that rocks you to the core. Close quote. (laughs) 
it's a well-constructed tune that happens to mean something, which I didn't know so much at the time. But it's groovy now. Another funky, fanny tune. Yeah. Yeah. and you know, really, really groovy. June's right. Yeah. And the thing is that just struck me as as that was playing was that was the first album. That was one of the earliest songs that we played with Nikki. And to hear how tight everybody is almost, I mean, it's it's like kismet. You know what I mean? It's Nikki comes along. She brings us a song brings us a number of songs actually but here we are you listen to gene and nikki's keyboard in the beginning and it's they're just very tight then the rest of the Mm -hmm. band comes in and the track is tight and to think that being in 1970 is is really amazing to me it really is and and her baseline which we've used you know for both of our podcast contests because you know hey i like to sneak in baseline stuff yeah. um <laughs> you know it, it it's a song is somewhat of a bass solo too so i mm-hmm. i like to hear what gene had to say on this as, as well as june we were just in tune with each other june and i gotta say when i listened to the track i thought oh my god i never knew i played i could play such a busy <laughs> bass part it was so busy. I couldn't believe I was that busy. But, you know, it's kind of, uh, that was what was going on at the time, you know. And it kind of sounded a little bit like Santana would would have mm-hmm. sounded, you know, that kind of a groove. And so I just got into it, I guess. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm amazed. I'm surprised. I'm glad I was able to prove to myself that I can actually groove like that. Well, you know, it's the right busy. That's the thing. And Alice, Mia wanted to know, was that you playing maracas the whole time through the song? <laughs> well, Mia, short answer, <laughs> no. Long answer, yes, on the overdub. Oh, <laughs> oh on the overdub. Yeah. Oh, okay. They were, well, they, good thing she didn't try and play this when she was a kid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could have I could have helped played the maracas the whole time and just, you know, it would have been shaking them like instead of hitting the cymbals or the hi-hat. But no, mm. with that syncopated kind of uh, drum part, the maracas mm. were overdubbed, Mia. Sorry. Okay. Uh, the recording, uh, the mirror, the magic mirror broke. It. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I, really, and I, I really like what June had to say on this. And she also has possibly given us a new sticker Ooh. idea. <laughs> the wonderful thing is when we went in the studio... I never doubted for a second that each one of us was going to play the right part, you know, that we were going to dig into it, that it was going to be hot, that it was going to be together. 
And I love that about Fanny, now that I'm looking back. That was our complete attitude. We knew the tune. We trusted that each of us was going to play our parts because we had done it. So I wasn't thinking about, oh, I wasn't wondering what Nikki was going to play or what kind of a part Jean uh, could do. I mean, she could eat this thing up for breakfast. You know what I'm saying? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner and have dessert <laughs> too. No, you know, I mean, come on. If you just hone in on her bass part, come on, people. That's, that is, uh, uh, that's not an easy part, but... It, she made it seem easy, you know, and with Alice, don't try that drum part at home, folks, because you might get a heart attack. You know? <laughs> it's, this is not for wimps. Fanny is not for wimps. And believe me, every time I've had to relearn a Fanny tune, I have to spend some time to get into it to understand what's going on, because there's a lot going on. But it it really wasn't that hard for us, because we, we practiced so much, and we got better every day. Yeah, there it is. Fanny is not for wimps. Fanny is, I love it. <laughs> Fanny's not for wimps could be the next sticker, Kristen. I don't know. I was going to give a call out to Nigel. He could do a meme on this one. Fanny is not for wimps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd like a t-shirt personally, a black yeah, t-shirt. Too. Fanny is not for wimps. Just a nice big bold letters. Oh, I Let like people that. figure it out. Let people figure out what are we talking about? Anyway. <laughs> Well, if we're going to do that, if we're going to make them figure out what we're talking about, we'd have to put the podcast. Oh, the group was shot. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And the group logo and all that crap. But, yeah. Uh, just, no, just on the back. Fanny is not for wimps. Just yeah, I love <laughs> it. I love it. Okay. Keeping the double meaning going right. in 2020. Right. I will take that under advisement. And Byron, I know that you would really prefer clothing, but it might just yes. be all the budget can afford for a sticker. I'll just put some stickers over my nipples then. That would be- Are we talking pasties again, you guys? Come on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pasty and cut out of here if you guys don't behave yourselves. Oh, my god! What is it for tittle, per tittle? What is it? Paratittle, paratittle. Paratittle. Par- yeah. Paratittle, man. I got a pair of yeah. tittles. There you go. All right. I'm not going to, I'm not touching it. I am not. I could, I could, but I won't. Well, let's get back to what Mia had to say. Okay. Yeah, good idea. So, sorry, Mia. How I broke that, that up. Sorry. I, but I really do what, I love what Mia had to say on this about the lyrics. And mm-hmm. she called it basically what she said is, quote, this song lyrically, it's like the evolution of a heartbreak. At first, mm. I feel like it's the ultimate song about a woman self-saving sexual empowerment and an anthem for a strong self-aware badass woman isn't that awesome i just love the way she did that and i want to hear what june had to say on that i really appreciate mia's comments they're they're spot on in that way you know now that we can understand it we get it and I, i really do appreciate it and alice i can't wait for you to hear what june had to say about your drumming i think you'll appreciate it when you listen to Alice's part, I, I do want to get back to Alice. She has a certain way of playing this song that totally works. And I remember the first time that she actually auditioned for the Svelts. And she, I think we played uh, I'm a Man. And uh, how she played I'm a Man, we just about fell off our, ch- our chairs. We were, not, we were trying not to show her that we were so blown away. The way that Alice plays this song, that's, I, that's another case in... This, you know, Fanny is not for wimps. Literally, don't do that at home unless you think like you can get through the first, I don't know, like eight bars of that style. That's, 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 that's hardcore people. Wow. Thank you, June. I really appreciate that. 
That's uh, nice to hear. Another one of your fades there, Byron. (laughs) But actually, the song that I played when I auditioned for them was uh, Gimme Gimme Some Lovin'. And I think what they appreciated most was that I I used my toms more than the hi-hat or the ride cymbal. So it was like do-do-do-do-dom-bom, boo-do-do-dom-bom, you know, that kind of a thing. But anyway, that's, Hmm. I think, what sealed it. (laughs) And the rest was rock star history. Yes, exactly. And (laughs) Mia, um, I really want to thank you for sharing not only this song suggestion, but your thoughts on it as well. And, you know, it's really not when you found Fanny, it's that you found Fanny. That's what's important. So, yeah. yeah. Kristen. Yes. Speaking of important, (laughs) what important little tricks do you have in your grab bag for the next episode? Well, we've had multiple requests and comments on the song, Take a Message to the Captain. Mm. So we're going to be looking at that. And we're also going to be looking at June's song, Sound in the Fury. Oh, that's cool. So Both of those yeah. are cool. Yeah. Real cool. So in the meantime, let's hear a bit of Take a Message to the Captain, Byron. So take a message to the captain.
Captain. Captain. Oh, my Captain. <laughs> oh, really? Captain. That means, Byron, that means you, you knucklehead. Does that mean you're Tennille? What, what's going on here? <laughs> oh, oh, ew, ew. Please, no. Christian, oh, you'll man. pay for that. You will really? pay. Little, I'm just going to make you listen love to for it. You, huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, listen, they were on. They were on A and M, and I had to work those records. So, okay, there's. Oh, oh they were on A. Yeah, they were. Wow. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, Captain, I'm getting back on track <laughs> here. Let's, give me the yeah, give me the social media, would you, Byron? Yes, we be. Oh, you know, I can't. I can't do the whole thing that way. Anyway, I think my voice will wear out. Yep. Um, on Twitter, you can find us at rocks underscore fanny. Over on Instagram at Fanny Rocks underscore 1970. On Facebook, just as Fanny Rock Band. Over on YouTube, Fanny Rocks. And you can drop by the official website at FannyRocks.com. And on social media, use the hashtags Ask Alice, June Jams, Jean Genie, and Nikki Notes to ask questions. Cool. And for questions on the two songs that we're going to be talking about, feel free to reach us at the contact page at fannyrocks.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you can direct message me on Twitter at the Fanny Rocks account. Cool. 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 Yeah. All right, you guys. <laughs> enough fun, enough frivolity. And it's time. To, I've no. got work to do. <laughs> right. I'm a retired, right? No. Right. I have work to do. <laughs> That's a wrap. It's a pivot for sure. Hit it. <laughs> okay, let's do a three, two, one. Fanny's not for sure. wimps. Okay, you guys, do you think we can do it this time? Oh, yeah. Hang on, we'll do this. Okay, after four. four. <laughs> <laughs> no, there will be no four. It'll be three, two, one. Okay. All right. You got it. <gasps> three, two, one. Fanny's, Fanny's not, not for wimps. wimps.